Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Sandra. And I'm Gary. And together, we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we'll be talking about cocktails. We're going to be talking about products. We're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you'll love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends cocktail wise so let's hear what's on the show this week and we are back and get this while we've been away we've only gone and been shortlisted for best food and drink podcast in the publisher podcast awards naturally we're pretty damned happy about this anyway enough about us This new season of the Cocktail Lovers podcast is another opportunity to shine a light on some of the many great people, places and products, bringing creativity and a whole lot of joy to the world of cocktails. In this episode, we open two new bottles, one Silver Circle, an Aquavit made in Wales, the other Baldoria Umami, a new and exciting expression in the portfolio of one of our favourite vermouths. In case you didn't know, today, 24th of February, is World Bartender Day. With this in mind, our library pick takes in Jim Meehan's Bartender's Manual, a must-have for bartenders and home tenders alike. And in honour of a day that celebrates bartenders, we are super happy to say that our special guest is the legendary Peter Dorelli, formerly head bartender at the American Bar at the Savoy. And at 81, very much an inspiration to bartenders around the world today. But first, we are the cocktail lovers. So let's make ourselves a cocktail. So for World Bartender Day, I've decided to make us a nice, serious cocktail. I'm going for the Gibson. Oh, brilliant. Love that. And it's a cousin of one of our favourite, favourite cocktails, the Martini. But actually, how it differs is not really in ingredients, apart from the fact that a lot of martinis will have added bitters. But there's two ingredients and the third essential ingredient or the garnish in this case, is a little pickle. So a pickled onion or a cocktail onion. Cocktail onion, yeah. Yeah, so with a martini, you'll have either a lemon zest or you'll have an olive. But this, with the beautiful pearlized onion it gives it this lovely umami Mm. sort of twist and taste and it is gorgeous i know i'm already salivating in anticipation Mm. and in fact there are two bars or at least two award-winning bars around the world that are named after this delicious cocktail one in london which we've actually reviewed before and also one in Singapore. So Which, that's the testament well, to the well, beauty of this. I hope we get to one in Singapore at some point. As so well. do I. <laughs> and I hope my actual iteration of this Gibson does the cocktail justice. So, you know, we usually have a little bit of background history into the drink. And, and it's the case with most things cocktails that you never really know where they were invented. But reputed or a lot of the time it's attributed to Charles Darner Gibson. He's the person behind the famous Gibson girl drawings. Yeah, an illustrator. Yeah, mm. exactly. Oh, well, illustrator, not the person behind them. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm sure he right. would have liked to have been. Come on. But anyway, okay, okay, we'll yeah. get to yeah. the cocktail yeah. in question. So just two ingredients and I should actually added some ice to my mixing glass because you've already got your glasses chilling your your serving glasses i mean yeah and we're going for nick and nora's again but you can use cocktail glasses you could use any glass you want anyway as we said it's always your cocktail your way indeed hashtag (laughs) i think we should hashtag that actually your cocktail your way right okay so we've got some gin Mm -hmm. so 50 mil each serve of gin so nice glug we're using Tanqueray number 10 
gin for this mm. today. It's World Bartender Day, so yeah, we're going we're going large. Rolling out the big guns. Indeed. Right. And then we have 15 mil okay. of dry vermouth. Today we're going Dolin. Okay. Which nice. we love. So that's 15 mil per serve. Because also it's interesting because we've been talking about the, the way you could sort of try and change the ratio in your dry martinis. And we used to go super dry and mm. less so. And this is somewhere in between, isn't it? It is, yeah. And another one of those that you can play around to get it exactly how you want it. So yeah. I think enough. that's one of the things about dry martini. It's such a personal yes. drink. And this being, as you said, a cousin of a dry martini, the same thing applies. It's kind of do the ratios how you want to do them. Yeah, exactly. But this is um, a good place to start. And then you can see whether you want it dry. I'm going to add a bit more ice to that mm-hmm. because I haven't good. got it as full as I would like yeah. of the ice. Because like most cocktails, and particularly these stirred cocktails, you want them as cold and then also as diluted as possible. Yeah. But that's something as well I think we've mentioned on this on the podcast before about the stirring is temptation not to stir it enough. Mm. And then over time we've realised that, you know, uh, stirring just that little bit longer makes all the difference to, as you say, the dilution and the, the temperature. Yeah, and it, it is a patience thing, isn't it? Because it's yeah. like, oh, it must be done by now. Or I really want that drink, so I want it finished. Well, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> just talk amongst yourself. Have a little jig around or well, something it's, while it's you're doing it. It's the same principle as staring at a kettle waiting for it to boil for a cup of tea. Only this is about 100 times more exciting than waiting for a cup <laughs> of tea. Really is, it really is. It really is is so so that's coming along quite nicely and also it's quite funny because when we did the valentine's day special a few weeks ago yeah two of the um, drinks industry experts that we interviewed they both had gibson as their favorite um yeah favorite cocktail so that was another reason why i decided to a bit of a seed yeah Mm. exactly and also both of them they went for three onions mm. rather than one is that greedy maybe no. but you know there's nothing wrong with three onions no not at all and i suppose you can sort of as i'm anticipating doing have a sip and a, a and little a, onion and then another sip and another onion exactly so, yeah. and that's what um, edmund from swift he was saying that it's just like he has it in three gulps basically yeah. so he has an onion for each gulp yeah. go edmund that's what yeah. i say <laughs> okay so uh, now okay right. i think we've done about enough yeah so we're so. pouring them into our chilled glasses yeah i always let that when they're nice and chilled because you get that lovely frost Frosted, on the glass yeah. as well which kind of again makes me all like anticipatory of the drink to come mm, that's yeah, a good word isn't I it know. anticipatory isn't it? i know yeah. <laughs> Okay, we've got these okay, fancy... Um, that's looking good. Picks. You've got some yeah. very fancy picks there for the I onions. Love yeah. I mean, you can use I think ordinary you've also got the... cocktails. So now we've got these beautiful silver skin onions, mm. pickled silver skin onions from Fortnum and Mason, mm. mister. Hello. We're not they messing really around are, today. They really are going last today. Yeah. So lovely picks, lovely gin, lovely vermouth, and now Fortnum and Mason, lovely pickled cocktail onions. Silver skin onions. And I'm doing the three as... Oh, good. Said by, oh, they look that And the gorgeous, thing is, these little onions, they? they're so cute. They're not like the big old pickled onions that you have <laughs> no, with a piece of cheese. Don't use those don't, ones don't that use you those. get with you made with sarsen's vinegar or no, something. Well, that uh, changes taste it. The size. You probably wouldn't get much else in the glass, would you really? Different. But these looks, I know it's my overused word, elegant, but three onions on this lovely mm. uh, stick in the glass looks tray elegant. Yeah, one would be nice, but three is so much better. Yeah. So okay. there you so, are. That's well, that looks delicious. Here's the beautiful World Bartender Day. Cocktails. Yeah. Happy World Bartender Day. Cheers. Cheers. Right, I'm flinging open the doors of the drinks cabinet with something very unusual. Brilliant. That's a great way to start the new season. Isn't it, though? Isn't it? It's something in the world of vermouth. Great. And it's something we've actually touched on before. It's uh, a range we've touched on before called Baldoria. And I think, actually, we even talked about this in a very, very early episode of our podcast. So uh, why are we talking about it again? 
Well, <laughs> the reason is because we're not talking about the same one. We're talking about something else from the range. And they have got quite an extensive range that kind of goes beyond the sort of classic sort of dries and rossos and biancos. And this particular one is actually called Baldoria Vermouth Dry Umami. So, yeah, I'm not – well, like, there may well be, but I've not personally come across sort of – No, I think this is a, quite a, a new thing, thing, isn't it? And, I mean, the, the whole category of vermouth is busting large, yeah, isn't, isn't it? it? You know, yeah. there's more and more vermouths coming from all over the world, different types, different varieties, and just mixing things up. So it's not just about enjoying them with a tonic or mixing them with, you know, your martinis or whatever you traditionally mix yeah. them with. They are about bold flavour that can be enjoyed on their own. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think when you say bold flavour, I'm thinking this could be very bold, possibly. Yeah, well, it yeah. sounds as like it yeah. should. Yeah, so it's uh, it's eighteen ABV. Mm. Um, so is that high or low for a vermouth? Uh, well, sort of the martinis of the world are about fifteen, right? Sort okay. of Nolly Pratt and is eighteen, that kind of okay. thing. So it's in that kind of area mm. of the sort of Nolly Pratt, even the Dolins. They describe it as the flavors of the forest floor with dark green patches of the ocean. Wow. Yeah, that that's sort of sounds interesting. Also, just before I crack it open, I should just make a little mention of the label on the bottle. Yeah, that's we gorgeous. We did talk about these. They're very, mm. very arty. The, mm. bo- the bottle itself is kind of almost like a kind of a wine bottle. But the, the, the label, it's got this lovely illustration. And they say every picture tells a story. I want to know the story behind this one. It's a, a guy who seems strumming his guitar and there looks like a couple of people, a couple of women hiding in the bushes looking on. So that's <laughs> got to be a story. What it is, who knows? I like also <laughs> that it seems that all of the Baldoria ranges have their different coloured strips at the top you know yes. that there's a there's a lovely olive green uh, seal so that does suggest umami it doesn't does. it it's like olive oil or something mm. so yeah let's let's get into it so i've got the seal off i've been doing that while we're talking and now let's get this cork out if i can come on oh yes. there it goes right so let me just pour us both a little of this. I can, it's, it's, I can, it's, the aroma, whoops, the aroma is coming out the bottle already. That promises. A nice. That's a good old yeah. serve that you put there. I yeah. thought we were just having a little taste. I think you've decided that you love it already. <laughs> no, Thank well, you. Yeah, you've got to get in there. Right. So let's have a little, little nose. Mmm, mm, yummy. Right. That has got that, um, from the the seal that we were talking about before that has that sort of look of salinity and that's what this smells like it does smell like briny you know that sea floor type thing that yeah and for me i it does smell mm. of, uh, of mushrooms mushrooms yeah. and and sort of olive oil you know there's that lovely oh it's very mm. intriguing sorry i'm still oh. on the nose actually oh, i've gone in mm. That is and? very clever. Oh, I, mean, I love that. It, yes, it is first and foremost a vermouth, but that the umami thing works really. And I personally, I really like umami flavors. So mm. yeah, that's, that's working for me. What very uh, well. you know, people talk about umami like it's you know everyone knows what it is. What is umami? Well, I think isn't it sort of defined as like the additional sense or yes, something yes. after like sweet and bitter yes. and salty and It's sour. the kind of identified sense. So it is that thing of being very foodie focused. Yeah, savoury. And those, and those things. things that is actually missing from a lot of dishes. And once you've got it in, I mean, Marmite is a, an a umami flavour, isn't it? Yeah, but this yeah. is... Um, this is gorgeous. And they've, they've made this with, or what I say made it, what's important to this is they've macerated porcini mm. mushrooms and kombu seaweed. And I think it's funny because you picked up on yes. sea and I picked up on the yes. mushrooms. It's beautiful. It actually could just be sipped like a, a wine. You know, it's obviously vermouth. You could mm. have it with tonic. You can mix it in with other ingredients. But actually, I think this is very much designed to be appreciated on its own. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Oh, we're, we're having it... At- well, technically room temperature, but mm. bear in mind it's been stored in a cold room. It's yeah. Got a little chill to it. And I mm. think it just works really well. The other thing that did spring to mind for me was I, as you know, I love making risotto. I love that. Mm. 
I love the pleasure of stir, standing there stirring very slowly. And over the years, I always tend to use vermouth rather than wine in risotto. And I think this would be really interesting. Yeah, to it use would. It would, particularly with a mushroom risotto Absolutely. or something. So you, that's coming your way soon. So, and then you could pair it with this instead of wine. Exactly. Right. Job done. Lovely. Well, well I think we've right. given that the, the thumbs up. Okay, so that's 70 CL. And it comes in at £27.85. And you can get it from earnestspirits.com so we love that so here's another great one for this first episode i think you know we should keep things exciting and be excited about things and always this is one that we've just recently got in really caught my attention because it's an aquavit nothing new in that because you do find aquavits all over scandinavia it's very much a traditional drink there but it's an aquavit made in Wales. In Wales? In Wales, in Welsh Wales of all places. <laughs> now, the thing is, apparently there are already aquavits made in the UK. There's three so far, okay. but this is the first one that has been made in Wales. Um, and it comes, in itself is intriguing. Isn't it's, it? uh, you know, I mean, I am just busting all over <laughs> with excitement and enthusiasm and intrigue actually for this one because that's the most important thing so some people don't know what aquavit is if you're from scandinavia yes of course you do it's something that is drunk at all celebrations and usually paired with food it's very much a a foodie focused local spirit made with caraway seeds for a particular distinctive flavor and then distilled with all kinds of botanicals here this one is actually made with fennel, raspberry, lemon and rye. Now, the reason why they've decided to to produce this, the the husband and wife team, Nina and Joe Howden, they have set up their distillery. It's called Silver Circle Distillery and they're based in the beautiful Wye Valley in Wales. Mm -hmm. Now, she is part Swedish. So this is a a nod to her her heritage, actually. So they've decided to make this and they're using locally sourced ingredients, nice. which they are in all of their products. They have a gin, they've got all different types of oh, so small batch. Oh, doing other things. Yeah. Oh, okay. But this one, I think, uh, this is the one that I really wanted yeah. to try. Yeah. So, yes, as I've said, it's made in Wales. And this one, shall I just open yeah, the what, bottle and it see? What's again? I'm not sure. If you... It's Silver Circle and they've just called it Aquavit. They okay. haven't given it any Tell fancy it like name. It yeah. yeah, just like big and broad on the bottle. Mm-hmm. The bottle, quite straightforward. Nothing, yeah. you know, to uh, say too much so about that. Liquid, yeah. yeah, exactly. But Aquavit on front and centre on the yeah, label. And the label is kind of quite cool typography, isn't mm-hmm. it? So nice um, stopper. Mm. And what they're trying to say is, you know, you can drink this neat, appreciate it as um, as the Scandinavians would. But also a lot of bartenders around the world are using Aquavit now and they're using it with cocktails. Yeah. So this is where this comes in because they want it to be somewhere between the two. So it can be something that you enjoy with your food, but also think about mixing it with other ingredients so using it instead of a gin in a gin and tonic or in a martini or as they say in old fashions you can try it with Mm. all sorts of different cocktails i think you should pass it over to me i I just want you to salivate before (laughs) you get it (laughs) okay so what do you think hmm oh it's sort of fresh it's very savory isn't it but yeah, you know, all, it, like, but I like to say fresh. It's all sort of zingy. Mm. Yeah, if that's and, a and and also yeah. that lovely. Um, there is that hint of raspberry coming through on the nose as well. So you've got that savouriness, you know, but also a little hint of sweet and and citrus. Yeah, I'm going in. Go in. Ooh, it's quite oh. bold. It's it very is. bold. What is the ABV on this? It is forty. Okay. But I think it's that caraway, there's yeah. that that bite at the end, mm. so that gives it quite a dominant flavour. It's it's really quite um it's quite bold. And but I can see the the gin reference mm. that they're talking about, that you can use it. I would have it in a martini. I'm not sure about um 
wouldn't have it in something like an aviation or whatever, mm. but you'd have to have it in something that's quite stripped back. You know, it would make quite an interesting martini. And obviously, as they say, kind of gin and tonic style. Yeah, yeah. What do you think but, they're saying about an old-fashioned or a Negroni? What yeah, would you... I think uh, definitely an old-fashioned. Because one of the things I was, was going to say that I, I like about it, because as you say, it's kind of, you get the caraway and everything, but also it's kind of... Kind of you know, not, not, not the word. It's not, you know, really smacking you around the face, but it's, it's intense up front. It's intense. But it's got a lovely long finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the longer the finish goes on, I get, it's sweetness that I get yeah. lingering, which I really like that. Yeah, scene. I've still got the caraway so there. I think Definitely, I think it would be interesting to play around with a, as an old-fashioned. Yeah, they also say a Bloody Mary, which I could see yeah. it working oh, in. Can, that would be yes, great that's a good, good for that savouriness yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, it's a great one. And also, I mean, the, the company itself is really good. As we said, it's a lovely husband and wife team. And they only set up this business eight months before COVID hit. Right. And, well done, <laughs> but they've yeah. been doing yeah. really, really well. They've won awards for, yeah. for their products. And, um, you know, it's a real labour of love and a real passion for, for the two of them. They even, if you do find yourself in Welsh Wales... They offer um, distillery tours oh, and make your own gin classes. Fantastic. So it's a really good one to yeah. check out. So it's called Silver Circle. And this Aquavit is 70 CL bottle and it's priced at £38. And now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. Hi, everyone. I'm Lauren Mote, the co-founder of Bittered Sling Bitters. And my cocktail hack is finding the right cocktail book. It should be the only thing that you do because bakers can't become great if they don't use a recipe and bartenders cannot become great without recipes. Learn the classics and get yourself a great cocktail book to use at home. I recommend the Savoy Cocktail Book, PDT, or Jeff Morgenthaler's Bar Book. There have been a few bars that have opened up after lockdown. and Emerging from those dark days. In very dark days, indeed. And so you really want to support them and you yes. really hope that they do the job, you know. But actually, we needn't have worried with Amaro. So this is a new neighbourhood bar that opened a few months ago. It's by Elon Sodu, who used to be one of the major players at the Savoy in London. Yeah. Um, he worked at both the Beaufort and the American bars. And he's brought that five-star hotel vibe along to Kensington, which is in West London. Now, this is an area that isn't really known for its bars. We've got one beautiful bar, Public, yeah. which is another independent bar just down the road from there. But suddenly it's starting to emerge as a new area for bars. And why shouldn't it be? It's a beautiful area, wealthy, and you know, you've got some great parts around there but to actually have a bar that you can go into and sit and enjoy and actually get some amazing cocktails mm. that's what this bar yeah, offers i think it's interesting that you said about the the, the five-star thing the, the the savoy thing those connections because that was my first impression and also the, the ongoing impression when you go in it's quite a small bar very small uh, but it's been really well laid out mm. so they've made the most of their space with lots of different sort of areas it's kind of a little bit on the dark side which i like it mm. made it very cozy and welcoming but when you went in the hosting is tip top yes and you know this, it looks smart the whole design is very smart so it has got a real almost like a if you took a hotel bar and sort of reduced it in size, it's you know it's kind of got that elegance. That yeah, but it. but less formal. Yes. So there's a really yes. nice, um, you know, you you could see that you'd go straight after work as well. So you mm. you don't feel that you need to dress up or or anything. But it has got a lovely welcoming feel, and I think the fact that it is small, that service. It, it's dialed up to, you know, a hundred it, really, interesting isn't it? as well. When we were there and looking around the room, you can go in any way because there were clearly some people that were coming after work, mm. but it's the sort of the feel and the hospitality yes. and the quality of the drinks yeah, that make absolutely. it five yeah. So we should talk about these drinks. I mean, yes. it's very classic. So all of the drinks you would know, but they've added some 
extraness to them you know so they've got some beautiful drinks on there so I had um Dex Martini which is an homage to Declan McGurk who they worked with at the Savoy and and this is using Declan's gin which is Boatyard Gin, Cochi Americano, Corte Vestado Mezcal and it is really delicious there's all of the elements of a martini but with the extra smokiness of a mezcal coming through and it takes a deft hand to make a drink like that balance really well which they did and i started off with a peach and pomelo gimlet which was uh, beefy to gin peach and pomelo and interestingly it was served not straight up in a little martini glass but it was served over a nice big block of ice almost looking more like an old-fashioned and it was so delicious it was like you know very very smooth very drinkable and i'd happily if i hadn't been engaged in cocktail research i would happily have just gone back and ordered another Mm. one or two of these Mm. but such a such a lovely drink i had also then i followed that with a pomegranate negroni so again something that everyone knows and loves a negroni but they've added tequila and mezcal then pomegranate and dry vermouth as well as the campari so this had a lovely smoky fruitiness again beautifully balanced and it was a little not softer but there was a lovely roundedness to it to this this negroni i absolutely adored it and like you probably would have had another (laughs) one of these if it wasn't for needing to try different things so and then of course we did share the uh, something called a mango mango bellini Bellini. i think that is probably my favorite to be honest yeah just because you know bellini i would never have chosen a bellini because you kind of think bellini schmalini do you need it yeah but actually they offered us a little sample size of it just so we could taste it. I think that they're very proud of this drink. And rightly so. It actually is wild turkey bourbon, mango and bubbles. And it was such a delicious treat. And what I loved about it was the surprise and delight Mm. of the the wild turkey bourbon. And it kind of, for me, it kind of gave it like a, a... a more of a backbone mm, to the did. drink. And it made it much more grown up. I mean, mm. does that sound horrible to say about a Bellini? Sometimes it can be a bit sweet. It feels mm. a little bit insipid-ish. But this was so amazing. It yeah, really, it really was. was. Rich, and I, it was I would smooth. absolutely recommend everybody that goes to Amaro has to try to this try drink this because one, it's, yeah. it's great. But all of the drinks are, are wonderful. They're beautifully made. You've got some lovely chat from the guys that are uh, hosting. Yeah. But also you have to make room for some of their food. Yeah. Actually, before we get onto the food, mm. I just want to let people know that there are 12 drinks oh, yes. on the menu mm. and they range mainly at £14, a couple at 16 like the uh, like the aforementioned Bellini, and two, two non-alcoholics non-alco- yes. non-alcoholics at £10. So, yes, that food oh yeah. what an amazing surprise the food was yeah and it's not it's not a huge list so don't go thinking oh yeah it's yeah it's not yeah. a restaurant no exactly no. so there are the things like you know you have your um plates of of cheese or whatever if yeah, you they want them that bar snacks but i think that is an understatement in terms of the quality yes exactly yeah. um the tuna tatar amazing so good yeah you have to have yeah. that and then they also have things like tofu bites and so uh, panzanella ceviche but they also have a pasta of the day which is 10 pounds it's like mm. a bargain at no eight pounds actually yeah, yeah, yeah it's a bargain i mean if you worked in that area you'd just pop in for lunch and uh, <laughs> well, I don't think actually it opens at lunchtime, no. <laughs> but it is a great dish. And there's also an extensive list of Italian wines. And then you have, you know, everything else, all of the, all of the spirits on there. But it's a really beautiful bar, a great find. And if you are in Kensington, definitely go. And even if you're not in Kensington, make, make it at your destination. Yeah, yeah. It's totally- Amaro and it's our top tip for this week. The Cocktail Lovers magazine is available in print and digital four times a year, and a brand new issue will be available in April. In the meantime, why not catch up with the complete catalogue of back issues? For details, see thecocktaillovers.com slash magazine. 
as we said earlier, it's World Bartender Day. So when I was looking in the library for this episode's choice, my eyes just were naturally drawn to Mian's Bartender Manual. Yeah, so it sounds like a good choice for well, the day. It, I like to think so. Mm. And Jim Mian, he's a world-renowned bartender, Gramercy Tavern, Pegu Club, and significantly, he founded PDT in New York in 2007 yeah he also guested on one of the episodes of the cocktail lovers podcast so we'll put the details in the show notes and we really recommend that you listen in because here's a fount of all knowledge yes so that we'll uh, check that one out i think he talked about punch well so i think he he, he did, did talk about yes punch. i know that for a fact <laughs> I, was, I was there so as i say it's a manual and it really is a manual it's just shy of 500 pages mm. And when you look through it and read it, you just get this feeling that he's absolutely poured all of his knowledge into this book. And it really does feel like a proper manual. It's got a white clean cover. It's got rounded corners that doesn't get bashed about when you're using it because it's a book to be used. And when you look through it, it's got all sorts of sections. He's covered everything. It's the history of the cocktail, how to design a bar, what distillation is, different types of spirits loads and loads of information and over 100 cocktail recipes right so so you say it's the bartender's manual is it for bartenders or can you know spirited consumers dip in as well i think yes to both of those things i think significantly yes it is a great great book i think for bartenders you know whether you're starting out or wherever you are in your career i think this is something that you cannot fail to be Mm. inspired by impressed by and you know looking through he he deals with the reality of running a bar he talks about cleaning toilets and stuff like Mm. that you know it's not you don't get that in many books actually yeah it's not just the glamour of making great cocktails so, you know, and this whole sections where he talks about how to put menus together, how to design a bar, hospitality, service. So, yes, it definitely is a book that does that job and it's a manual. But for people like us and other people who just love great cocktails and are interested in cocktail law and the world, it's a great read. Mm. So, you know, if you want to get a little insight into what goes on in a bartender's yeah. mind, I think, I think that's a really good thing for consumers as well to to understand the nitty gritty of, you know, it's not just about making pretty decent drinks, you yeah. know, it's actually hard graft, passion and a lot of hard work that goes into it yeah and and you know also that there are these brilliant recipes which i'll come on to a little bit more in a minute but also what i like in here he's he's very generous in his admiration for his peers Mm. so there's lots and lots of contributions from the likes of bar operators all these people who are thus the major players in the cocktail world so they've all got little sections but he also name checks a lot of people so it's he really brings their sort of points of view Mm. into the book as well and going back to those cocktails they are fantastic and the photography is absolutely sumptuous and it's by the great doran guild Mm. and he does make all these cocktails well they are you do want to drink them but the way he photographs and they are so gorgeous so big shout out to him for the photography and you know there's lots of hacks in here so when he talks about a recipe he'll put hack in about you know here's a little trick you can do or a variation oh, nice. you can do so uh, open it uh, i'm literally am um, opening this at random to pick uh so there's a cocktail here called peaches and cream which is one he actually created himself but then there's lots of versions of things like there's a cosmopolitan so he'll talk about that but he talks about his hacks on different things you can do to those so I really recommend this. What, could you give us an idea of one of of the hacks? Of a hack. Yeah. Right, let me just find... Because we love a hack on this this show. Okay, so, (laughs) right, so I've just opened it at random on the Hanky Panky cocktail, which is gin, vermouth, Werner Branca, and an orange twist. And he then says in his hack, there are countless combinations of gin, sweet vermouth, and furnace that can be used in place of the brands he's chosen. The original proportions are more appropriate for an imperative, but the Fernac could be upped even more if this were requested as digestive oh nice so yeah. good idea really small little thing mm. that you think, ah yeah so as i say if nothing else people like us would buy this book for just for uh, 
the recipes, but I do recommend sort of dipping into all the sections. And it's a great reference book if you just want to read up on distillation or learn more about spirit. Mm -hmm. There it is, Mian's Bartender Manual by Jim Mian, and it's £30 and it's available from you know where online. Peter Doretti was born in Rome in 1940 and came to England aged 18. He worked in countless hotels around the country before joining the Savoy Group in 1963, later moving to the American bar at the Savoy Hotel, becoming head bartender and bar manager in 1984. He continued there until retiring in 2003, but you would never know he retired at all as he's continued to be as busy as ever. He's been president of the United Kingdom Bartenders Guild and is currently its national ambassador, where he's involved in running its training courses as he is an avid supporter of and mentor to young bartenders. He's an in-demand judge at numerous international cocktail competitions and Peter has received awards for his lifetime achievement in the bar industry and for his outstanding contributions to it. He has created cocktails for film and book launches, for royalty and even for us. He's a devoted family man too and still finds time to practice yoga and play golf while he's often the last person busting impressive moves on the dance floor at industry events around the world. Peter Dorelli, you are our hero and a real inspiration to young bartenders and old bartenders all around the world. Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast. What an introduction. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> As Gary mentioned, you are our hero. And we know that you're admired and respected by bartenders all around the world. So we're absolutely honoured to have you join us on, on our podcast. So before before we get into the nitty gritty... We just want to get some background. So you've worked in various areas of hospitality, including concierge, banqueting, and a stint as a kitchen porter. What was it that drew you to this fascinating world of bartending? Well, it's, uh, it started with, uh, in 1958, would you believe it? Wow. <laughs> you don't look Amazing. old enough, Peter. Amazing. Well, my first job, my first job was uh, an hotel in Cornwall, you know, just outside Truro. Because of my working permit, my my uncle, which is one who did it, uh, he could only get me uh, one a permit, which is uh, was a resident handyman. <laughs> so that meant that meant I had to live in first of all, and then I was the odd job. So whatever was needed in the hotel, I was doing from kitchen, restaurant, uh, chambermaid, you know, iron, iron, and iron <laughs> hoovering curtains. Making beds. I, I was a good bed maker, by the way. I was one of the best. I mean, everybody was proud, you know, remark how wonderful it was. Anyway, and, you know, even changing bulbs, who, you know, the floor, practically everything you could think of that old job. And the, but the only thing I did, which is really, I mean, tickled my, tickled my curiosity. I mean, it really, I thought about what is this? What is this? I really, the only place it, it really got me going. And it was the bar, but I couldn't speak English. You know, most of them they drank really, uh, you know, sort of like uh, gin and tonic, uh, whiskey and dry ginger, uh, beer. So I could cope with that, you know. Mm. But it, but I didn't understand it, you know. But but I sort of I felt something in there. I felt it right down my spine. I said, I see something here. Some magic. Magic, exactly. The magic, that thing that really gets, you know, something going. But of course, as I say, lack of English. And the, that's where, the, where practically I started there without me knowing really my, what my future there was bartending. And the, then uh, somebody suggested become a domestic. So I became, I was a domestic at this wonderful Jewish couple in Nice Bridge. And the only, uh, only reason why he employed me he employed me because I was, I was he was doing a lot of cocktail parties. Ah. So I, I was practically, he loved it because I was doing all the cocktails, all the things that he loved, you know, canapes, I used to be, and uh, all the Italian bits, you know, the, the, the mozzarella, you know, mozzarella, you know, all the wonderful things. 
So from there, how did you get into bartending as we know it? So become the legend that we know you today. As soon as I, my English was, I was good enough to uh, convert, converse with the customers. You know, you talk to the customers. And I realized that the rapport between the bartenders and the customers is completely different from any other uh, other outlet in, in, in the hotel. The other, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's servile, I'm, I'm not saying it's, but, but, you know, but for example, a waiter is the, the invisible waiter. Yes. It's the one that plays, the, the, you see the plate and it disappears. The, the, the sommelier, which I did, that's what, uh, what got me job with the Savoy, not, uh, not as a bartender, but a sommelier. At the stone shop house, I started as a sommelier. Right, okay. Okay, with my brother two of us, I say, why don't you come and work in here? I know it's not bar, but you, you can do the the uh, dispense bar as well. You know, you can do a bit of dispense bar, you can do the... So I did a bit of dispense bar and uh, and uh, so many wine. wine. And uh, and then, of course, I, I decided to open the pebble bar upstairs, where there were two floors, right? So they decided to uh, change one of the offices upstairs into a bar. The upstairs, upstairs, there are two floors, the, 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 the bar, the restaurant. And uh, so they uh, say, what? Well, why don't you? Why don't you, you? You are done the bar. Why don't you do some training with uh, at the American bar with Joe Gilmore? You know where Joe, Joe Gilmore was there. And the uh, and while we while we are we considering and doing the the pebble bar with the bar upstairs. So that's what I did. I I, I left the, the 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 restaurant and I went to work at the American bar under Joe Gilmore. So my teacher, my mentor, you know, that's amazing. Wow. And uh, that was something, I promise you. My first introduction, <laughs> my first, I, I, he said, can you make a cup of tea? And I said, uh, yes. And I said, well, let me show you something. First of all, you make a cup of tea this way, right? And then when Joe Gilmore comes and he goes sit down by the, by the, by the window, and he's got his raging post, which is he used to gamble with horses, horses, you know, betting on horses, right? <laughs> so yeah. And he said, once he gets his paper out, he will raise, he will raise his hand, and make sure, and make sure before he complete the, the operation by complete raise the raise complete the operation, he has this cup of tea in oh. his hand. Okay. <laughs> I say, are you sure? I say, yeah, yeah. Do that because otherwise it's trouble. I, and it's what I did. But my God, I failed one day. I tell, I realized why it was all about because I failed the timing one day, and he was in the, the worst of mood all day for the whole day, all day. <laughs> and of course, all the all the all the other stuff. Is, you, you, you make you create this problem. If you do that again, we'll give you a four. I said, okay, right, all right, so sorry. So that's what my my one of my toughest job I had to do with it. The best job I had to do, but then of course I learned a lot from him. Is it was a, as a person disputable, but as a as as a bartender unique. Yeah, he has style, he has panache, he has finesse, and, uh, and and that's what I learned from from him. When did it become official that you became, you know, one of the bartenders, eventually the head bartender there? Well, he is a well. He, he wasn't really a head bartender when they opened the, the pebble bar. So of course I've been went back with my my brother. So with my brother, the two of us run the bar. They call us Mike and Ike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and Ike. I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and so we were together. So it wasn't really about that. He was doing the cocktail, and uh, I was because it's a listen. He wasn't very good at with the customers. My brother, he wasn't very so. But he he, he, he was a, a classic. Uh, uh, mixologist. He, he liked to making cocktails, making drinks, and nothing else. You know, he, and I take care of the rest. And I was very good with my customers, and uh, with the customer was had uh, that interaction. So obviously, I became uh, on my own. So I was a official, the head bartender, because he shared the leadership. So I became the only one. Mm. So I had my staff under me. And then, that, and as I say, those days it was uh, a lot of fun. So, how did you make the leap to the American bar? Well, so all that building, the Savoy owned it, and the ground as well, the only ground in the West End, because the West End is all royal, it's all royal grounds, of course. Mm. But the, the Savoy owned the actual ground. The, 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 so they sold the ground first, and then they had to sold, they sold the building. And so, of course, the Sun Shop House finished, 
close because of, they sold the building. And uh, and they, which, uh, ah, Butafava, Enzo Butafava was a general manager at the, uh, the uh, Savoy. And he asked me, I said, no, 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 sorry, you you pay my redundancy. It, what I, I, love, I love about the Pebble Bar, and I love the fact that, you know, from the Duke's Hotel, or even even the the, the, the uh, Langham, you know the um, uh, Lensburg, no Lensburg. Yes. Uh, and, you know the small bars. Small yes. bars are very intimate. You can be very intimate with the customer. It becomes very close to the customer. Yeah, you, you get you know, to become, know everybody. You, very yeah, friendship is, is very strong. You, you can build a rapport with the customer. A very strong friendship. You know what I mean? But in the American bar is a big place, in, and of course the the, the bureaucracy and the, the, the so it didn't it didn't appeal to you at the time. No, the, the beginning it didn't. Right. It didn't. Uh, but then, of course, it built up. So then you you became synonymous with it in 1984. So in 1984, I became a head bartender, and then uh, that was my my scene. Then because then I changed everything. I, you know, I, all the my staff we became seven. Uh, but we we are all we, we are all bartenders. We were all waiters. We are all wash, washing up. We are all doing everything. What are your favorite times from that era? It, that 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 is a time when uh, it became. I had a great team because everybody. The fact that they were doing wait, that they were doing the cocktails. I was I was training them. I had a very peculiar way of training stuff. <laughs> you know the the. They were quite, uh, quite amusing for them at the beginning. You can imagine uh, people used to come to me and say, Peter, Mr. Dorelli, I said, I'm looking for a job. I said, good for you. I said, that's the door. <laughs> I said, excuse me? I said, well, you're looking for a job? Said, yeah, well, that's the door then. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. I said, well, so, so sorry. What did I say? Well, you, uh, well, you said the wrong thing. So, uh, so will, 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 will you have me to will you have me to tell you what, what you said? I said, yes, please. I said, well, if you if you're looking for a way of life, the bar is here. This is the American bar. If you look for a job, it's, it, you bye-bye. Because, you see, the, the problem we have, you will have is the fact that, that the, the person who, the only person who has a watch is me. You see? And <laughs> I dictate what, what's going on, how long, and when, and how, and why. So are you, are you prepared to do this? So that is already the best introduction you can imagine. Then, you know, I used to say, you know, let me teach you how to see. <laughs> and uh, I, I bet I can go on forever. Anyway, so I, I, I had a very good team. And, the, uh, and that when the joy, the, the, the fun was be, uh, began. Because then I could uh, even working very, very hard. You can imagine, we were doing even more the, uh, the amount of people that they were doing today. I mean, wow. before, more. But, with seven people. With seven. Mm. The only thing, of course, we, they, they got more money now because obviously the prices are different. My, top, my, my most expensive uh, cocktail was Long Island iced tea and is uh, £12.50. At that time? But that would be quite a lot now, eh? Yeah, because it's equal to about £20 now because you can imagine, you're talking about five clear spirits. Spirits, yes. Yes. So my 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 long tea was practically half pint a pint a half pint glass. The is it was the beer glass, the long flute sort of thing, and uh, it's you know, it's a lot of booze. <laughs> That's why uh, I only allow people to have two of them. Say no, you can't have any more of that. Why not? Because you're really uh, too much. But let me show. Let me give you a gin and tonic. Let me give you a cocktail. Another cocktail. Let me. Give you, uh, some people, you know, no, I want another one. No, sorry, you can't do that. So, uh, no, anyway, uh, that was expensive. Um, so it, because of that, I practically reduced the size of the American bar. Ah. If you understand what I'm saying, it reduced the size because being seven of us, we were on top of them. Had to be on top of them. We we, we, we couldn't really... We, we couldn't really... Uh, uh, you know, because if you have too many, one one will have a station. Uh, the, the customer will not see the waiter. The waiter would, you know what I mean? There will be section where a waiter will know only certain customer if he sit there, but it will not the other side. You know, see? So it's because it was all all for all. Everybody knew everybody. So it became, 
it closed things. It closed. Uh, it must have been really good fun. Do you remember any highlights from it, including any special guests? I know that you said that you don't have a memory for particular things, but there may be some standout moments that you can share. But yes, it's, I mean, it's, uh, so many. But uh, Arizona Ford, for example. You, know, you see, the problem is, let me tell you, the problem is because we were so busy, Yes, All the people you can imagine yeah. manage Harrison Ford. Even uh, I don't know whether uh, uh, think about Brook Shield. Can he have any Brook Shield? I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, or uh, uh, who else is there? Um, Richard Harris is nice, great guy. He was nice, but uh, uh, who else is there? That uh, uh, you know, the, the boss. So what about the boss? Uh, um, uh, Bruce Bruce, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen, the boss. You can imagine those people. You imagine the customer there. Now, you can imagine, oh, just start where it's so You can imagine all the women in the American bar. Very <laughs> orgasmic, for God's sake. You know, they're like, oh, 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 look, oh, 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 oh. And imagine, say, who oh, can I immediately autograph? No, immediately. no, sorry. So you can imagine me being so busy, being a bodyguard, because I said, no. Sorry, sorry, sit down. Yes. Because he's entitled of his own space, like you and everybody else. Mm, perfect. So let him have his Martini in peace. He had his newspaper, and, you know, this, and, and I was there practically like this, like a bodyguard. You know? And I was busy. I, I kept looking at him and said, Mr. Ford, like to say, Mr. Ford, can you finish your drink and disappear? Because I'm busy. <laughs> I, cannot be, I cannot be a bodyguard. You asked Harrison Ford to leave your bar. <laughs> you know, I can imagine Blue Shield. I mean, all the even the men are over fifty, behaving like like eighteen years old. Yes, you know what I mean. They sort of you know weird things like this. You know, uh, you, you know, <laughs> you know so, I said, how can it be? You're fifty years old behaving like this. you know. And so it, to me, it was it was a was a, but but I liked I liked them of course I, yeah I liked them. but also I guess everybody who was anybody would have gone to the American bar at that time because it was the bar in London wasn't it yes really? yes I loved them I mean people be at Judy Dane she came with her husband it's nice you know you know and it's always very talk to them as natural as I can talk, uh, talk it to you. So getting on to today, because today is World Bartender Day, what does it mean to you? To me, uh, oh gosh, listen, you know, I mean, I, that's why I love what I'm doing. You know, 60 years as a bartender this year, 60 years. When I started as a bartender in those days, we were nobody. We were unskilled labor. We were, I wouldn't say servants, but we were, yes. We, we, Yes, uh, we, we, we could say almost that level. Mm, people regarded it as that. Yes, we were, we were not recognized. We, we, this was only the chefs. The chefs were the king. They were the, 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 you know, the king. But then, of course, the things that changed when they, the thing that that mixology, you know, a mixologist, you know, with Dick Braxel. When Dick Braxel came in and he started with the Dick, this mixology and started spreading the, the, the gospel rumors or the say, spreading, say, we mix, uh, mixology only making drinks, bartenders only making drinks. That's it. The only concentration thing that they had to do nothing else. You can imagine what happened. No? It was practically a, a tsunami, a tidal wave of English, English youngsters coming to our world. Yes. Because of the, the, the so do, do you read? Because the English, unfortunately, in those days, they're much better now. But in those days, we're not very good for people. They, they were very much introvert. It was not in the, in their made makeup. And now we are, we are actually have stars in our midst. Exactly. You know? We have stars in our midst. <laughs> and not only that, but actually have even a day. Yes, it's for us. Uh, it's fantastic, God. isn't it? To me, to me, to me, maybe for the young people that, that maybe don't, but to me, it's magic because I I dandled that the journey, I done the journey, and the fact that we arrived somewhere, somewhat in a, in a, is great. Brilliant, brilliant. 
And, and do you think, you know, with this, Peter, with this recognition that you've talked about, because you've seen the journey, you've seen, and you've been leading that journey, that change from, you know, sort of in the 60s and the 70s of sort of just, you know, being seen as like serving drinks to this respect that everyone gets for doing a great job now and is recognised through World Bartender Day. Do you, do you think that's also had a sort of knock-on effect to how um, guests appreciate um, what the bartender does and also that interaction between today's bartenders and guests? Very much so, very much so, because now, it's, you see, it, it, it's just a ripple, you know, a ripple is now it's going to our customers, you know, and they see the customer sees us. It's a completely different uh, view. You know, we, we are like the chef. We are professionals. And, uh, and of course, they love their cocktail. And, uh, and it all started at the beginning because uh, really the cocktail were young, young drinks. They were for young people. Mm. They, they are all, you know, they're over, over 40, over 45 on us. So, oh, no, 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 no. Give me a beer. Give me a gin and tonic. Give me a scotch. And with a bit of water. You know, this sort of thing. Very sort of conservative, shall we say. But then, of course, the the young people are not young anymore. I mean, you yeah, know, they, they, they have grown up, grown up, right? They, they, they're not, but they have retained their youthful, their youthfulness on this. You know, they, they still have their jeans with the cut jeans. You know, at forty five years old, they still have the <laughs> they go around with the jeans. Maybe they overdo a few. They overdoing it, but 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 they like to be the continuum continuing that kind of life because they want to be youthful they want to be living that uh, you know and uh, so uh, by, by doing so they they value us very much you see they they, they give a lot of uh, they, uh, they put on the pedestal if you like we are managed to spoil them i can get it that's the only problem is that we now become much more educated because we have that we educate them we give them a wonderful test, test, uh, educated palate. We give them educated palate because we introduce all the wonderful concoction and flavors and so on. So they are become much more educated uh, or uh, palate as well. And so now the wheel has gone round. But now we've started with bartenders. Then we can mixologists. Okay. These are bartenders that mix. And now we are back to bartenders because the customer say no, it's cocktail is not enough anymore. You see, but we are, it's our fault in many ways. So now they want more. They want more than that. They want. To, is that a good thing? Absolutely, absolutely. Now they want to live the moment. It's, it's, it's a psyche. It's a is an emotion. It's emotive. 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 It's an emotion. They want to live the present. They live the moment. Yeah. They want to remember the moment, you know. They they they, they are bloody crave for that. You see, and now the the cocktail is only means to deliver. You see, and and the, and and now it's cocktail. As I said, mixologies, yes, but not anymore because you have to do more now. And now you have to, to you have to improve your your communication skill the, the skills communication skills. Uh, you have to improve that. You have to communicate with the customer because now, you know, in my time, I used to tell, tell making a friend with the customers was we had time. You see, we have lots of time in my time to, to develop the friendship. We had to do so. But today, unfortunately, the speed we're living, the kind of life we're living, we, the young people have something with the, the maximum they have is half an hour. Yes. After, after that, they lost it. And read the signs. You know, I te- I taught my staff in my youngsters body language. It's so important the body language. The body language, everything, everything is there. And uh, I used to I used to have uh, used to challenge them. You know, in in, in the say you know to say okay, you and you, you know, I chose the two that you tell you got to tell me first person who comes into the American bar, what is the state of mind? You know, what is the state of mind? What drinks they're going to order, and how much tips they leave? Wow! After after three months of training, everybody's spot on. Really? Because they've got the, the 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 body language is the strongest sign that the person can give you, and whatever they're saying is just a confirmation of what you already know by the body language. So you should do it. 
Well, that's great, great tips for bartenders as well. So that's how you trained your bartenders. And it's great tips for aspiring bartenders. What about for people from home? Have you got any tips for people how they can enjoy and search, share the experiences with their guests at home? Wonderful. I pro- I doesn't matter. I promise you, it doesn't matter at what level. You know, I promise. I've been to... I, I did a, a few parties, and even at home and away. I don't know. I still, I'm still doing cocktail parties, and for I got uh, three uh, side catering company gives me jobs. You know, I do wedding, I do uh, birthdays, I do coming to age, and a cocktail party for this and that and the other, and uh, and so I do all these things. But never, you know, it's always the same. If you treated a cocktail as fun, because cocktail is fun. So if you approach it seriously by approaching like a few drops, which I hate, you know, measure the measures. Why measuring? Why measuring? You know, just like Fagan. You know, Fagan, I say, I'm not going to give you any drop more because it affects my percentage or, or less, you know. You know, you just, it's just I'm reviewing the situation. You know, what I mean, you know, I mean, what, what, what? And then, of course, the, the things that you, unfortunately one does, it is it, you you no reduce air contact. You you no eye contact because you're concentrating on the pouring and you 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 lost the people in front of you. You don't see it. One if, if you're pouring, you say hello, how are you? How have you been? You know, are you and you promise you. And if you pour it, free pouring, it looks much more than what it is. This guy in front of you, he, he, he wants he wants to talk to you. He wants to look at you. He wants you. He wants he wants to know you. He wants to know you. Your what you're made of. What you what you like. You don't like. No, the flipping thing. But this thing is in. The, <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyway, anyway. So imagine at home, for example, at home, at home. Anyway, I did the party as well. Why sometimes they? Sh- I mean, think the shaker. Why they shake? Why? I used to, I used to have, yeah, and I still have, and a, a, a honey jar, a, a, a liter, a liter of honey jar, and now you know the other one you you seal, you know they they seal, you know the little jar, seal jar, yeah. I say why why is it shake? Let me show you. Two with a with a jar. It's <laughs> perfect, <laughs> isn't it? Already, already. Of course, it's a, oh, the famous bartender with a jar, you know, <laughs> or, or uh, you know things like this, and the and the uh, the uh, atomizer. Atomize, atomizer, you know, which I use for the martini. I use the, the you know, the, the, uh, you do the plants. You, you spray oh, the, the plants. Sprays, yeah. Yeah, spray, they yeah. spray the plants. You know, it, it's quite, it's quite big, but you can have to, have to fill up, you know, one third. You have to fill the tanti. Put the third. I used to I used that. Hey, this is martini with, with atomizer. I tell you, people say, Marvel, what, what you <laughs> because it's all, it's all relevant. It's all part of the fun. And you know, fun, a, absolutely. And uh, as I say, I, I do the official parties. I, I have this sort of a little uh, um, user with a, uh, how do you explain it? Even my English is there. You know, the atomizer you, the women use with a, the what, little. The perfume po- spray. Perfume one with a little, little. little uh, yeah, little, that lovely like, um, squeezy thing. Yeah, yeah, squeezy, yeah. Squeezy. Yes, this is what I use in my in my in when I do cocktail parties. I do the martini, and, go, and they look beautiful. And I do say, oh, "Would you like a little bit of chip, chip, you know, and, and you're here? What is it? What is it uh, on your? I put it on your back of the hand. Oh, would you, what you want? Oh, this is fantastic perfume. Let, let me show on the hand. Ooh, that's nice. It's peppery. It's peppery. <laughs> and it's all about entertainment. As you said, it's fun, but engaging as well. So it's always keeping the customer as key. And whether it's your guests, just to entertain them and enjoy. Absolutely. I used to go, I used to, go to the American bar. Sometimes I was late. And I used to enter the American bar. And all whispering, always because the English, of course, they all because they they didn't want to because next table, no. So I must so so the next table don't hear, you know. So but if you multiply that into a room, you only you hear occasional laughter. I said, what the, what what is that? And I said, oh, Mister Dorelli, don't give me those Mister Dorelli. I taught you and I told you and I show you how to do it. I said, going down, going to the chef and get me some chipolata. You know, the little sausages. Yes. Yeah. And I did the sausage. So I said, go again. So I used to go, 
with my chipolata, you know, chipolata, so, and now, who is my guinea pig? Who is going to be my guinea pig? And I said, oh, that couple looks, uh, looks okay. They look uh, fun. Okay, I'm going to do that. Hello. I said, hello, good evening. How are you? I said, oh, very well, thank you. Do you enjoy the cocktail? They said, oh, very nice, thank you. Oh, can I improve on that? Can I sh- offer you some chipolata? <laughs> 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 now, all that, all, all that the, I raised the voice. Which yes. was not not difficult for me to do that. <laughs> but I raised the voice so that all the table adjacent to me will be looking around me, are all around me, could hear what I was saying. Right. So I said, so I said, I please have a chipolata. I said that uh, I have not seen you before. Are you do you live around here? Is any special occasion that you're here, or uh, well, uh, which is a pleasure to have you here? So what would it be? I said, no, we're just meeting, uh, just meeting, uh, uh, just have an evening out. I said, oh, thank you for choosing the American bar. I said, but uh, let me, let me introduce such an occasion. I mean, is there a, maybe a song that you like, you know, a song that maybe relate, related to both of you? And I said, oh, yes, we have one. Oh, which is it? Oh, so, 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 oh, hey, Mike, what about the, what about the song? So, do you know it? Yes. Play so, so imagine you can imagine all the around the, the bar the changes. Yes, around me, all, they all looked at me. You know, they say, are, "Are we next? Are we? Are we next? <laughs> are, we, are we next?" We don't need door, right? So, you can, so you know, of course, I went to the next table. So, are, are you looking for the chipolata? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, "So your name is uh, I'm David." I say, "So yours is John." Oh, David, John, John, David. Look at the, you know. So I practically within twenty minutes, twenty minutes, uh, the room was completely all talking to each other. All the, the you know, I say I used to go, I give him the paper, a pencil and paper. Listen, write, write down the songs, you know, write down the song, guys. Let, let's see if we can keep the the, the pianist happy and and <laughs> keep go, keep him going. So you can imagine. So you can make, you can make, you can make uh, the atmosphere. You can make the bar. We we are the one to make the change things. We can we can change the atmosphere. We can change where it's going to be happy time or not a happy time. We can whether we the cocktail is good or bad. The cocktails are, you know, is, uh, you know. I always say, listen, think of the three R: reorder, return, and recommend. Ah, I, I teach my the people the three R, which El Maestro loves it. But the point is, it's all about World Bartender Day. And these are the amazing tricks and treats that you've brought into our lives and also into the rest of the world's lives. So, Mr. Dorelli, we salute you. Yes, we're now we inter- do. international now. We're international now. Exactly. You know, exactly. I like the young that they can travel the world. It's a passport of the world now, the bartenders, you know? Indeed. They it can is. go anywhere. Every, I go around and say, where, where is he going? South Africa. Oh, he's gone to 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 Australia. Has he gone to Australia? Yeah. How do you find a job? But you know, they all you know they they all traveling. They all you know go to the states. They all moving so fast. Yeah, <laughs> they're moving so fast. They go everywhere. Love that. I, I, they all owe a huge debt to you, Peter, for that. I love. I love. I love the youngsters. I love their energy. I love their creativity. I love their passion. Really. Well, thank you for that. It's been amazing hearing your stories and we could spend a whole day talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, we have to wrap up now. But it's been incredible. Uh, sorry about I'm a chatterbox. Uh, I've been, I've been, <laughs> but I've that's why we love you, Peter. Really <laughs> I've been told that many times. But it, and, I, and I said to the bartenders, it's good to have be a chatterbox. But, but in normal occasion, is not. So anyway. <laughs> thank but you thank so you. much. And happy World Bartender Day to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cocktail Lovers podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please tell your friends and make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. For more details on the people, places and products mentioned today, head over to our website, thecocktaillovers.com.